live in front of a national studio audience. It's on Tilt Sports. Featuring cutting-edge gambling analysis of hot college football action for your betting success. Look out now. Here are your hosts, Liam and Clayton. Welcome back to week two of your college football action. Uh, diving into week one real quick, just to give you a recap of what took place. It was an incredible week. Uh, and I think it it really started off with that uh, Pitt-West Virginia backyard brawl on Thursday night. And you thought nothing could live up to this game. I mean, it was back and forth. And honestly, Pitt very lucky to escape with the win there. Uh, but then you go to Saturday, and man, I want to say the state of North Carolina, schools in that state, playing in that state, uh, tons of crazy stuff going on with Mac Brown surviving. I think it was 63-61 against App State. Uh, going throughout the day, I mean, you had some really incredible games. I don't think we could have asked for more. Florida-Utah later on, uh, Utah just pissed that thing away. Uh, Anthony Richardson looks like the real deal at quarterback for Florida. We'll see how he plays this week against Kentucky. Uh, what did you like from last week? Oh man, I mean, there last last week was just absolutely bonkers, Liam. Like we had, you know, opening weekend, official opening weekend of college football. We had all these crazy games. You know, it just reminded us of why we love the sport and and why we love watching these games. I mean, just just the the most insane stuff happened. And you mentioned that the state of North Carolina was just craziness. That UNC Appalachian State game was was insane. Um, I had the over over fifty six. That was a, a breeze. <laughs> Both teams scored in the sixties. Um, App scored forty points just in the fourth quarter, and there were over sixty points scored in just the fourth quarter alone. Um, App had a chance to win it um, at, at the end there with that two point conversion, and the receiver just decided to stop running and backpedal and fell down and and missed it. And then North Carolina returned the onside kick for a touchdown. And then App State went down the field in like less than one second and scored another touchdown on that soft uh, North Carolina secondary. I mean, that was just just craziness, man. That was so much fun to watch. And then um, NC State somehow surviving at ECU. Um, I'm not sure how that that ECU kicker is doing this week, but he was definitely put on suicide watch um, after that performance. He missed the extra point to tie it at the end. Or, or towards the end, and then at the very end of the game, almost as time expires, he had another chance to to kick a field goal to win it, and he missed that one. Um, so I just just felt terrible for the kid, that poor guy. I wonder what this week was like for him. Hopefully, he's he's still out there, still on the team, and hopefully, he gets to redeem himself this week because that was that was just brutal. Um, the ACC, man, I don't, I don't know what what they're who makes their schedule or what they're doing. I mean, UNC went on the road to play App State. NC State went on the road to play ECU. Both those teams almost lost. Virginia Tech, they went on the road to play at Old Dominion, and they lost. It was like 10-7 to 7 or something like that. Um, yep. Florida State went to uh, to Louisiana uh, to play LSU in New Orleans. Now they got kind of lucky, and they, and they won that game. But, I mean, ju- just brutal scheduling. Um, and then you think like, oh, you know, North Carolina played at App State, probably going to come home and, and play a nice home game this weekend. No, they're playing at Georgia State th- this week. So I don't know what's going on schedule-wise with the ACC, but they need to need to take more of the SEC, Nick Saban model, play a bunch of cupcakes, and then, again, then get into conference play before putting your, your teams in jeopardy. Um, dude, that Georgia, Georgia should be number one. I mean, that was just an absolute smackdown of Oregon. That was just embarrassing. They had seven possessions, scored seven touchdowns. 
I mean, I, th- I mean, I didn't even want to want to bang Oregon. Like they, they're probably going to be a good team. They might have a nice season, but Georgia just has a a different type of human being on their team, and their guys are huge. They're fast, and and Oregon just just had absolutely no chance. And I, I can't even really fault them. Um, another big game was, was Ohio State and Notre Dame. Um, I keep hearing on TV, everyone's like, "Oh yeah, what a what a gritty win for Ohio State." You know, they really ran the ball and and pulled it out at the end and. My takeaway, man, was that Ohio State, their offense was not looking that good. Um, offensive line was kind of eh. C.J. Stroud, eh, like he usually is in big games. And I know the Rose Bowl was a big game last year, but that was really just a, a glorified exhibition game for Ohio State standards. You know, like if a team like you know Wisconsin or like Purdue or even Michigan, if they make it to the Rose Bowl, they're happy and, and it's a big game. But Ohio State, man, that's, that's, not, that's not what their standard is. So I don't really consider that a huge game for them. And C.J. Stroud just doesn't get it done against the good teams. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how he progresses throughout the season, but I'm just still not a fan of him. So Florida-Utah was nuts as well, man. I could go all day on these games here. That was a crazy game at the end. You know, Cam rising through the pick in the end zone uh, to lose it for Utah. They had a couple other turnovers at the goal line. Just, just craziness all around last week. It really was. And as you're going through those, I forgot some of these unique circumstances of the games. Um, it, it was that perfect twilight, by the way, around, uh, I want to say it was 2.45, maybe something like that Pacific, where a lot of the earlier games were ending, not the morning games, but the early afternoon games, getting into kind of that that peak time. Uh, you had already witnessed the, the North Carolina, the state of North Carolina and those two insane games. Uh, and then we were getting ready for Utah, Florida. Um, you know, obviously I was watching my team. Yeah, we played Rice. Cool. Uh, so I, I had <laughs> yeah. to try screen up, but, um, man, going back to a couple of those games real quick, uh, with UNC, the guy just needed to fall down on the onside kick. The fact that he returned it <laughs> is the reason that App State even had a chance to tie it again. We got to <laughs> teach these college kids what's up. And then we go, hey, you can't blame him. Hey, that might be his one chance to score a touchdown or, or score a kickoff return for a touchdown. You can't blame him. I mean, that defense Bro. was, was just sorry. So I, yeah. I don't care. I can absolutely <laughs> blame him because if they had lost that game, let's just imagine they're actually good this year. And they're like, Oh, we missed out on a shot of going to a new year six bowl because this fucking kid returned the ball. Uh, but yes, the defense shouldn't let the opposing team drive down the field. I think it was 27 seconds. Uh, that is insanity. And then that two point play. Um, the two-point play, you're right. The the running back leaking out of the backfield stopped running. He was wide open. Then the ball just floated on him because he stopped his route or, I guess, uh, lowered his momentum a little bit. Secondly, yeah. they ran the same play. for the Same exact the play again. Time. What are they doing? <laughs> and, and I get what they're thinking. They're like, I, I mean, I get the idea. Like, oh, we'll show him that wrinkle. And then uh, as a quarterback, I'm going to dive inside, which is what they tried to do. They tried to run this time. But, like, you don't think they kind of prepared for that. And when they saw the running back leaking, they're like, they're not throwing it to him. <laughs> this is a decoy. Um, yeah. Insane. And, and then the later game, Utah, I will never forgive you. Clayton, I'm not sure if you saw in that little account there, uh, but I had a, what was it? 18 to one parlay that would have cashed if Utah just <laughs> fucking won. That's it. Oh my God. That is Arizona. Arizona money line and that hit. We were both on that for the upset. They were a six point dog, one outright easy. Uh, I had USC to cover 32 and a half. They did. They covered 52. Uh, there was one more team. Uh, what am I thinking here? Arkansas to cover six. They covered seven points. And then all you need is Utah. And Utah's looking pretty good early on in the third quarter. And of course, they find a way to mess it up. But Anthony Richardson is something else. And lastly, speaking of losses, you know, I have LSU money line. I have LSU minus four. Uh, I think I have LSU 
plus one, maybe ultimately that pushed or something. And, and then you, you, oh man, I can't believe it. You get the extra point blocked. I thought that game was dead in the water. And then all of a sudden, LSU just drives down the field. Jaden Daniels actually looks good for the first time. And your special team screws you. I think there were two blocked kicks in that game or something oh. like that. And two muffed punts inside the 10 or 15 yard line. <laughs> Insane. You cannot trust these kids. No, no, you, you cannot trust these kids, man. You know, that's I remember saying that last year, you know, as we as you and I get older, Liam, we're in our 30s now. You know, we, we love watching college football and, and you know, just watching these these kids. It just reminds us how, how young these kids are. And these guys just look like children sometimes. And, you know, they haven't been playing football that long. You know, they played maybe a year or two of high school football, maybe three years and maybe now a couple years of college. And that's just, just not that much time. And you and I have been watching this game for so long and, and we know the game now. And sometimes it's like, gosh, like, what are you, what are you thinking? Like kids out there, gosh. And, and, but they just, they just don't know what they don't know and haven't experienced certain situations yet. So it's frustrating sometimes, but it's, I love the emotions, man. That's, that's one thing that, that, I really miss about, about college football and, and I kind of, kind of forget it, you know, throughout, throughout the year, you know, the spring and summer, like, yeah, I'm excited for the season, excited to bet on games and watch the games, but just the roller coaster of emotions is, is what I miss and, and good and bad. And that, that's what sports is all about. And I was watching the end of, of that LSU uh, Florida state game. And just the roller coaster was just insane. Like muff the punt. Oh God, it's over. Oh, they got off. They recovered a fumble. We have a chance. They're driving down like, Oh no, I don't know if they're going to make it. Oh, out of bounds. Are they going to put a second back on the clock or or not? Is the game going to be over? I don't know. Oh, they gave him one more play. Oh my God. They scored a touchdown. They're going to tie it. Oh, Brian Kelly chose to go for one. We're going to overtime. Oh, the kick is blocked. We're done. (laughs) Like, Oh man, just, just all the roller coaster emotions. That's why we love college football. And, you know, I think like, football i say like sports and music are like really the, the two of the main things that really bring us together as a society you know we're so divided nowadays everybody hates each other but for you know those two three four hours on a saturday at the stadium everyone's together everyone's rooting for the same cause cheering for the same cause there's nothing more more beautiful than that and that's that's really what i love about this sport and sports in general um, yeah, you probably saw it, Liam, but there was a video on, online going around of um, the Florida game. All the fans were were singing a song in the stadium. Everyone's in tune together, just kind of singing along together, and it was just a beautiful sight to see, man. It, it's a bummer that it only happens, you know, one or or two days out of the week, Saturday, Sunday, you know, NFL and and college. Wish that stuff could happen more during the week, but um, let's enjoy it when we get it. So wait till we get into the midseason and we get matching on what is it, Tuesdays or Wednesdays? Yes, sir. Tuesday, Tuesdays and Wednesdays in November. Can't wait for that. <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, let's look ahead now to week two, the third week of college football, but really the second week that actually matters. Week zero pretty much uh, was a dud for the most part. Scott Frost, by the way, I think barely getting a win last weekend or something like that. So <laughs> that that seems <laughs> just that much hotter. You know, I thought about it. I'm like, oh, bounce back spot, playing an inferior opponent. He's going to lay it on him. He's trying to save his job. Nope. I, I think they might have won by like seven to to maybe 14, maybe they scored a, a dummy touchdown at the end, but that, that team was bad. So really interesting there. Anyway, uh, yeah. we got a, a couple good matchups. Um, you know, I will say, obviously, it's not the the marquee headlines that it was in week one, but these are the kind of weeks where some of those instant classics, kind of like we had last week, will show themselves. If you think about the games that actually were classics, aside from LSU, Florida State, I mean, those are like former sort of current, still will be probably Giants, um, but it's not like a Florida State LSU maybe 10 years ago matchup that would have been insane. Uh, North Carolina App State, that was a classic. 
North Carolina State ECU. That was a classic. So sometimes some of these games that are great come from where you least expect it. So even if we don't have the star power necessarily, we're probably going to get some of these double-digit underdogs hanging on towards the end, and that's going to be a game worth watching. So let's go to the big one. Um, Obviously, we have Alabama traveling to Texas. Is this the first time Nick Saban has played a road non-con game? Or if it, not that, it has to be against the P five team, P five team, right? It, it it has to be. I can't remember Nick Saban ever going on the road out of conference. You know, neutral site games those don't count. I mean, they they play no. in Atlanta every year. I mean, a few years ago they won more games in Atlanta than the Falcons did. So, yeah, <laughs> pr- pretty pretty impressive. I mean, good good for Saban. But hey, man, and like like we've been talking about with the ACC, just just totally handcuffing their their best teams schedule wise, making them go on the road to these G five teams. Um, the Pac-12 for years, you know, w- would send their best team USC up to Washington State on a Friday night or Oregon State on a Friday night and have them go down. At SEC, they stay at home and make the teams come to them. So I'm surprised that Nick Saban is, is branching out and doing it. Um, the spread is 20. You know, I want to I want to bet on Bama to cover that, but I'm afraid of a backdoor. You know, does Nick Saban want to beat Sarkeesian by that much? I mean, are they going to let him back in? I mean, that's it's really about is, if Bama wants to cover that spread or not, and that, that's what makes me nervous. Yeah, you're, you're damn right. Um, it's going to be a bludgeoning. Uh, in the first half, I see them being up by 17 to 24. And then I guess it's to your point, do they actually stay up by that much in the second half? Um, which is kind of ironic because you'd expect maybe Sark's going to throw a couple weird trick plays. Uh, you know, I was listening to something earlier in the week. So the first half, you'd imagine, might actually be closer. But I think Alabama's trying to make a statement here and they're going to lay it on them pretty quick. Um, but the statement that I heard, and it, it rang very true, was that Um, You know, the offensive line for Texas is talented. It's very young, though. So Sark has to be himself the sixth offensive lineman by designing plays where (laughs) his quarterback's not going to get effing destroyed. So uh, look for some creative stuff early on. But I just this is a class A, class B situation. And again, with Texas win total over under, I think they have to hit 10 to actually um, get you the cover. When's the last time Texas won 10 games? Uh, Forever ago. Also, another fun fact in that game. Uh, when's the last time a Texas offensive player, including offensive linemen and you name it, was drafted in the first round? Do you know? Um, you know, Colin Coward mentioned this yesterday, and it's Vince Young, I think, is the last offensive sure. Texas player to go in the first round, right? Yep. Come on, guys. Uh, that so is sad. Um, may- maybe we'll get one in a couple years here, but uh, I was very shocked by that statistic. Anyway, let's move on to a few others, um, and-, and I'll just rifle through a few that you might want to pay attention to on your screens this weekend. You got Tennessee, the Vols, heading to play the Pitt Panthers after, uh, you know, that huge rivalry game where will there be an emotional letdown there uh, for Pitt after getting the win against West Virginia? Baylor goes to BYU. Uh, My joke of a shot pick last week uh, saw BYU absolutely murder South Florida. (laughs) So um, maybe they are still what they kind of have been the last few years. USC goes to Stanford, see if they can uh, actually put it together against a team that Definitely we're expecting a down year out of, but does have some more of uh, the type of personnel, even not that high-end athlete, but the very quality, you know, D1, P5 player. Uh, can they put it together against that team rather than a team like a Rice where the talent gap is just going to be so huge? Um, Arizona State, another Pac-12 team, goes to play Oklahoma State. I'm intrigued yeah. by that. I don't know if anybody had that on their radar, but I could see Arizona State springing the upset there. Call me a non-believer in Oklahoma State. I just have been these last couple of years. Obviously, they got to the Big 12 title game last year, uh, so I can't really um, you know, stand on that hill. But I think that 
it's got to be time for this team to get back to what they used to be, like a team that was ranked in the late 20s, maybe not ranked half the season, rather than almost always being ranked like number effing 12. I feel like that's where they've <laughs> yeah. been like the yeah. last five years. Uh, Houston yeah. goes to Texas Tech, coming off that triple overtime win. Uh, Texas Tech, love it. Scary place to play. We talked about the new offensive coordinator and the new offense they're installing there at Texas Tech over the uh, preseason previews. So um, listen to that if you're curious. But Texas Tech could spring the upset there. Uh, or perhaps they're actually favored, even though they're the unranked team. Houston's the ranked team. And lastly, Kentucky goes to play at Florida. Can Florida do kind of what I'm talking about with Pitt, rebound from a, a very high like um, emotional you know, uh, experience and not have the come down effect from that? Uh, because obviously Florida had the huge win against Utah in the opener. Kentucky, though, is a team that knows Florida well. Uh, I think their last five meetings, Florida has not covered the spread against the team uh, or against Kentucky, whether at home or on the road. So those are the big ones to look out for. What are you looking out for for week two? Um, the the one you just mentioned, man, um, Kentucky playing at Florida. Um, a couple of Kentucky's best players, including their running back, Chris Rodriguez. He was suspended. I believe he got a DUI in the offseason. Um, he was suspended for game one. I'm not 100% sure if him and, and a couple other guys are going to be available this week. I imagine they would be. I mean, why wouldn't they? They're playing at Florida. Um, but the, the, main, the main attraction here for this game and for the Florida Gators all year long is Anthony Richardson. Oh my goodness, people. If, if you guys have not watched Anthony Richardson yet, I highly recommend it. He is must-see TV. He is, is probably the, the best just all-around athlete, pure athlete in the country. He can do it all. He can run. He can jump, do backflips, he can throw. I mean, this guy is, is just a super freak. The only thing that's really holding him back the last couple of years has been been maturity um, and, you know, his his ability to, you know, read the defense and whatnot. And, you know, last year, I, I went, he was he, he came in in 2020, COVID year, yeah, whatever. Last year, his, his second year, I was surprised that he didn't play more. Um, Dan Mullen just didn't put him out there for whatever reason. You know, Emory Jones wasn't really that good, wasn't that good of a thrower. He kind of has a weak arm. Um, not not that fast, not that good of a runner, but did enough to win some games. But I'm not sure why Anthony Richardson didn't play more last year. And and we know that you know he hurt his knee dancing toward the end end of the season, missed the South Carolina game, I think it was. Um, so just just maturity has been an issue for him over the last couple of years. If he can put it all together um, and you know learn the offense, learn how to play football, the sky's the limit for him, man. I mean, he reminds me of of Josh Allen in the college game. We were just talking about Josh Allen. We watched him last night. I mean, that guy is just Superman. I, I don't know what his weakness is. And Anthony Richardson has that type of ability. And he kind of reminds me of, um, of of Johnny Manziel maybe like nine, ten years ago. It didn't matter who Texas A&M was playing. Could have been Sam Houston State. Could have been Lamar. Like, I was going to watch every, every one of their games because Johnny was must-see TV. And that's kind of how I feel now about Anthony Richardson. I'm going to watch all his games because – he is just fascinating to watch and so athletic and just a freak out there on the field. Yeah, I don't know how you stop him. Uh, I mean, plain and simple. He, he's a player that in some ways reminds you of second time we're going to shout him out in this show, Vince Young, uh, yeah. as much as I hate yes. to do that, uh, really does. I, I don't think we've seen a player necessarily that has the, the characteristics that embody him as much. Um, you know, some people might point towards former Florida Gator, actually, uh, for one year, uh, Cam Newton. Uh, but he's not imposing yeah. physically like that. Um, I, for him, he's a little more spry. He can run a little more like fast twitch. Um, Anthony yeah, Richardson, better thrower. 
Yeah, better thrower. Um, granted, Vince Young had one read, and if it wasn't there, he would run. It looks like Anthony <laughs> yeah. Richardson goes through his progressions, which is cool. Uh, but uh, I agree with you. I, I will watch this team more than I anticipated coming into the season. I don't know if I'm watching them against Lamar, but I will watch most <laughs> of their games. <laughs> yes, sir. Maybe the first half against Lamar or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's all that matters. Uh, anything else you want to get into before we get into our six picks for the week? Um, not really, man. Let's, let's go ahead and dive into the picks. Um, some of the, some of the other games I want to talk about are in my picks here. So let's, uh, let's do it. By the way, we were a perfect six and six, 500 last week. So, uh, we will look to improve upon that. By the way, for the, uh, podcast this year, uh, we decided that if anybody is picking a spread opposite the other between myself and Clayton here, um, that's not going to count either way because we'd be guaranteed a one and one there unless we had some spread divergence, which I doubt we would. Uh, if we both pick the same thing, we're not counting that as two points either. That's kind of cheating. Either way, we would be 0-2 or 2-0. We'll just get one point for the correct pick. Uh, so the season total for the podcast is 6-6. Six and six. Again, last year, 54% trying to outdo that. Let's see if we can get into the upper 50s this year. So let's go to your first three of your six picks. Let's go. Hey, real quick, just want to mention about last week, you said we both went three and three, but I do want to point out that my shot play did hit. Um, I did have Arizona on the money line. They were plus 210, and I parlayed that with South Dakota State covering 18 at Iowa. Final score was seven to three. No, Iowa did not score a touchdown. They got a field goal and two safeties uh, to get them to seven, which is just hilarious. Uh, so that that netted me. Um, uh, if you bet a hundred bucks, I would have won four ninety. That was plus four ninety. Liam, I don't know what what is what is Iowa. Do they even practice offense in in the off season? I feel like Spen- Spencer Petros or Petros, whatever his name is, and the receivers. I feel like they showed up just like last Thursday and was like, "All right, guys, hey, we're here for the season." Like, oh yeah, we can we'll run out there and run some plays. Yeah, I mean, like, how do you how do you not score a touchdown against South Dakota State in your season opener when you've been practicing? all spring long, supposedly. It, it just blows my mind. I don't know what Kurt Ferentz is I'm doing. I'm kind of mad they got that second safety because 5-3 would just be so much more fun. And you're right. People probably think this was a touchdown, obviously. It wasn't. Um, yeah, uh, this offense, that's been the thing with this team. They win games 17-19. to 19. Um, There's a lot of this Cyhawk trophy history where the spread usually falls within three, four, five points. That's the game against Iowa State every year. Happens week two every year. Happens this yeah. weekend. Tune in for the Cyhawk trophy. Spread is four, again, or four and a half, potentially, if there's line movement, we'll pull it up. Um, but under. it's almost always, yeah, it's almost always under. Uh, this is going <laughs> to be like a service academy under, two service academies playing each other. Maybe Iowa State actually can score some points this year, but Iowa certainly will not. I can almost guarantee they're not going to touch 20. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know what's going on there. Tell me, do you have a Cyhawk trophy pick in your picks? Um, I do not. Um, Ooh, but, fine, go but, away from it then. No, I don't. Yeah, both teams. I'm not really sure about this game. It could go either way. Like you th- throw everything out when, when these two teams play. It doesn't matter who's good, who's not. The game's going to be close. It's going to come down to the end and whoever gets lucky at the end is going to win it. Whoever makes a field goal as time expires. I mean, that's how it's going to go. So, um, all right, let me uh, let me dive into my picks here. Um, first game I have on the slate. We you already mentioned it, Liam, one of the marquee games this this weekend, at, le- at least in my mind. I'm excited to watch it. Give me the Tennessee Volunteers minus seven. Now, I, I know they're playing at Pitt. I don't, I don't love taking road teams. It, you know, it makes me nervous. These college kids on the road, who knows what's going on. Maybe they're on Tinder all night, you know, trying to trying to hang out. But uh, 
I, I just don't understand how I can't fathom how Pittsburgh is going to be able to keep up with, with Tennessee. Now I know Pitt; they have you know returning D line. You know they have some returning guys in the secondary, but freaking JT Daniels and West Virginia, you know, was was putting up points on them in Week One, and they were running up and down the field. And um, the one West Virginia receiver was making plays until the very end when the ball bounced off his hands right to the Pitt guy, and they they had the pick six. Uh, Pitt should not have won that game. I thought West Virginia should have upset them. Uh, Keaton Slovis did not look good. He was holding the ball, holding the ball, holding the ball, taking a sack. I just don't know what, what he was looking at or what he was doing back there. So give me the Vols. I just don't see Pittsburgh um, keeping up with Tennessee, and, and Tennessee can score and run it up with the best of anyone. So minus seven. All right. Uh, next game I'm going to go to is Wake and Vandy. Give me the over 66 in this game. Um, I saw that Sam Hartman was uh, was cleared to play this week. Um, I don't know for sure if he actually is going to play or if he's going to play in a limited capacity. Um, if he plays, you know, I, I love this over. Even if he doesn't, I, I like it too. Uh, Wake has, has a very unique offense, um, very unique style. No one really does what, what they do. Um, and th- they can score on just about anybody. Um, Vandy, they, they've been scoring lately. Um, they put up a, a huge number against Elon last week and vice versa. Elon scored, I believe, over 30 points a- against Vandy last week. So that defense is not much. I think this game's going to go over. Vandy's quarterback is electric. Um, if you guys haven't seen him run the ball, I suggest you watch some, some of his highlights maybe, or maybe watch this game. Um, Mike Wright, I think his name is, um, he's fast. He can throw it a little bit, but, um, Look for there to be a lot of points in this game. Uh, last game I'll go to, or until we pass it over to you, Liam, um, give me the Virginia Cavaliers. Um, I saw plus four, plus five. It was plus five earlier in the week. Now I see it's plus four. Um, they are playing at Illinois. Um, I really like Virginia's quarterback, uh, Brennan Armstrong, the lefty, uh, returning again this year. Um, had a nice, uh, a nice week last week. I think they played Richmond. Um, he, he was throwing it around like he did last year. Um, in Illinois, you know, Illinois had a nice, um, a nice win opening week against Wyoming, but last week against Indiana, their offense kind of sputtered, wasn't doing much. Um, Indiana squeaked away with the win, but honestly, I thought Indiana left a lot of points on, on the, on the table there. Uh, Connor Basilak, the new quarterback for Indiana, he had all day to throw. Um, he missed a lot of throws, a lot of wide open guys over the middle, some deep shots he missed. I thought Indiana could have scored a lot more against Illinois last week, so Give me the Who's plus four going on the road uh, to Champaign, Illinois. I mean, it's it's another one. It's on the road. I'm picking some road teams this week. I don't I don't love that, but I just like this number here. Oh man, uh, I'm glad, and it's so funny because I didn't bring this up last week, and it didn't happen to take place, but. Uh, we have two crossovers here, uh, and, and they're oh. not crossovers in opposite form. They are crossovers in the same form. Uh, so I'll just uh, repeat this really quick. So we star it, we circle it, we highlight it. Give me Tennessee minus seven. They have better players. Pitt emotional letdown. Keaton not looking good. Um, yeah, that's all. That's all you get from me. And Narduzzi is <laughs> going to do some weird stuff. He's going to be down like I don't know seventeen, and maybe he'll take an intentional safety for some reason, hoping he can. You know, uh, you know, flip the field. Like he does some really weird stuff when it comes to spread. So I just don't trust them to stay within seven. If it is within seven, maybe he'll intentionally take that safety with ten seconds left when they're punting or something, or you know, they have a fourth and twenty and just lose the game. But then the spread will move to seven and we'll still win uh, on the Tennessee <laughs> Volunteer side. Uh, so give me Tennessee Volunteers there. Also the same one that we share uh, as far as picks. 
Uh, give me UVA. Uh, Brennan Armstrong, I agree. Also, Illinois. Uh, uh, Brent Bielema, you pissed me off last week, man. Your your team outgained Indiana 232-29 to 29 on the ground. You lost. Ooh, yeah. How? H- how does that happen? I want to know how often an outgaining of 200 yards and holding your opponent under 50 yards rushing, you lose. I am dying to know what the statistic is there. They, they got uh, real conservative down by the goal line. They were run, running it and kind of taking the ball out, out of DeVito's hands. I didn't like it. No, no, not at all. Uh, so uh, because of that, but also because uh, Brennan Armstrong is electric and UVA new coach Tony Elliott being an offensive guy wants to put it together. Uh, last week, they didn't score a ton of points, and I know they're just itching to kind of break out. Uh, give me the Who's uh, or the Cavaliers for you novices who don't know about the Who's. Uh, I believe they're plus four, plus four and a half, maybe plus five at this point. Uh, but regardless, take those points. Uh, actually take them outright money line, too. I think they win the game. Uh, last mm-hmm. pick of my first three here. Uh, it is the Cyhawk Trophy, and I think this is the year that Matt Campbell gets it done. Iowa State plus four right now. Last year, all of the hype of Iowa State, which is exactly what they do not want. That Brock Purdy coming back. Uh, I believe where was the game? Uh, was it at Iowa State last year? Is the, is the this year on the road? I I can't remember. I gotta check. Uh, I want to say maybe it was at home uh, for Iowa State. Yeah, because this year it's on the road. There we go. Uh, so it was uh, at home for Iowa State last year, and they got absolutely bludgeoned. Uh, but I think this is the year where nobody's talking about them, where the quarterback is not returning. Uh, Matt Campbell does best when there is not a ton of hype around his program. And honestly, I just don't think Iowa can score any points. Um, and we can't have them rely on scoring points defensively like they did last week, like they did last year with those turnover margins and those pick sixes all the time. Uh, it's not going to happen. I think Iowa State actually wins the game outright, and I can't see, uh, can't wait to see him lift that ugly Cyhawk trophy, uh, and that is Matt Campbell. So uh, give me Iowa State again, plus four. I like it. I like it. You might be uh, talking me into to betting this game, Liam. Um, I know the game is in Iowa City, which is on the campus of University of Iowa, but I really don't think that a home th- that there really is a home field advantage between these two teams in the same state. You know, right down the road from each other. It doesn't matter what stadium they play in. And and like like we already mentioned, Iowa couldn't even score a touchdown last week against South Dakota State. So I, I imagine Iowa State is going to win this game. I'm shocked that they're underdogs. Actually, it's kind of weird. Also, the, uh, the the crowd's going off. Uh, the group messaging. We got uh, two of our listeners asking when the where the hell's the new episode. So shout out uh, Jerry, shout out Evan. Let's go, loyal <laughs> listeners. Yeah. Love you guys. Yeah, yeah, you're seeing those coming through too. I dig it. All right, uh, your yeah. next three. All right, next three. Um, this is a game that that you mentioned, Liam. Kind of not really on the on, on the big time radar for a lot of fans, but this game could be sneaky good. I'm going to go to Stillwater, Oklahoma. We have the Arizona State Sun Devils traveling to Stillwater to take on the Cowboys. Give me over 58 in this game. Um, Oklahoma State ran it up last week against Central Michigan, and they had to because Central Michigan in the fourth quarter was was storming back and, and scored a bunch of points there and, and made it interesting. Um, so Oklahoma State's defense, they, they lost their coordinator, Jim Knowles, who's now uh, up uh, in Columbus at Ohio State. Um, looks like they're back to the usual Oklahoma State defense, like like they have been for years. Um, you know, Spencer Sanders, he, he's he's going to score score some points. I assume that he's not going to throw four picks this game, but that that is definitely possible. So that does make me a little bit nervous. Um, and I just don't trust their defense. And um, Arizona State, they they put up a nice number last week. 
forget who they played, maybe like Northern Arizona, something like that. But yep. got uh, got Emory Jones comfortable. You know, he's he's a veteran and he's been around a long time. Played a lot of football. I imagine he's going to be able to score points against this Cowboys defense. Uh, so give me over fifty eight in that game. Um, all right, the next game I'm going to go to is is actually one of my favorite plays. Uh, of the weekend. Um, I think that this team is, is really um, undervalued right now in Vegas. I think that the spreads um, for, for this team's games are, are going to come come back down to earth a little bit. Give me the UNLV running Rebels plus 13, and they're playing at Cal. Um, UNLV scored a, a ton of points in, in their, their week zero game. I believe it was against Idaho State, if I'm not mistaken. Ooh, um, they they ran it up. Angle. Bengals, let's go. They ran it up. Um, she had a nice offensive performance. They were off last week, so they they had a bye, a week one bye, which sounds weird, but they were off. Um, and now they're playing Cal. Cal played UC Davis last week. Um, not much of a test, um, but UNLV's quarterback w- was almost perfect. Um, you know, he only threw a, a couple incompletions uh, the, the whole game. Um, he's looking really good. His name is Doug Brumfeld, I, I think. And you know, I, I guess I'll, I'll reveal to you, Liam, and reveal to the listeners last year. I followed. A, uh, I was paying attention to a lot of UNLV football. Followed a couple of their accounts on Instagram, may, mainly because my guy Tate Martell was there, and I just kept waiting for him to to go in the game, waiting for him to be the guy, waiting for him to start playing, and it, it just never happened. And now the guy's retired. So, but anyways, I followed a lot of UNLV football. I really like their coach. I like what he preaches. I like his messaging. Um, I can really see him turning that program around and, and making them a pretty solid team in the Mountain West here in the next couple of years. So uh, give me the the Rebels plus 13 at Cal. All right. And then uh, the last game I'm going to go to here before my shot. Um, give me the Memphis Tigers minus five and a half. I saw five and a half this morning. I've seen six. I've seen five. We'll take it at five and a half. They're playing at Navy. Now, again, it's another road team and freaking, what is it? One, two, three, four of these, these games I'm picking, I'm picking road teams, which, which I don't love and probably going to bite me in the ass. But Navy lost to Delaware last week, 14 to 7. And just kind of one of those principal plays. Like if you can't score more than seven points against Delaware, then I, I just don't see you getting it done against Navy. I, I mean, against Memphis. Um, now I know you know Navy plays in the triple option offense, which is kind of weird to prepare for. But these teams have been in the same conference for the last you know handful of years. Um, in, in the last five years, Navy has only beaten Memphis once. That was back in 2018. So Memphis usually gets it done against the midshipmen. Um, and just like I said, Navy's performance last week was pretty pitiful. So give me the Tigers minus five and a half at Navy. Wow, man. Uh, I don't even know where to begin with some of your picks. I love the UNLV insider knowledge here. Uh, UNLV or Navy did look atrocious last week. You're damn right about that. Um, Because originally I was thinking, oh, maybe this is going to be a decent year for them. I think Air Force is the class of the service academies and maybe of the group of five. Uh, but I thought, okay, let, let's just get a little early season feel for what Navy or Army is going to be. I don't think Navy is going to be much this year, and Memphis is a little down compared to where they have been the last three, four, five years anyway. Uh, but I think you're probably right there. They get it done. Uh, we do not share a pick this time, though, so that's good. Uh, we there also go. don't conflict on any picks because I'm going for mainstream teams that are <laughs> on TV. So, so everybody out there, you can watch these games. Uh, let's start with Bama. Give me Bama minus however many effing points it is when you. Doesn't matter what it is, they're gonna run it up, baby. 
Absolutely, it's 20, 21, 22, 30. I don't care. They are winning this game by 34 points. Let's, let's put it right there. They're gonna pull out to an easy 41 point lead. Uh, Sark will get one back late. It'll be 34. Uh, I just don't see a way that they don't cover this. Uh, I think it's almost bulletin board material for Nick. He'll never admit that he pays attention to any spreads or anything. Um, but I think the attraction of against a quote unquote major program I haven't seen it the last while, but let's just call it that. Uh, against them, being a three-touchdown favorite on the road early in the season is insane. And I think he wants to send a message with that to his team. Uh, so give me Bama to cover 20, 21, 22, whatever it is. I'll give you 20. Uh, 20 even. Oh, even better. Sweet. Uh, no reason to buy anything there. Just leave it where it is. Take the value. Uh, moving on. Uh, give me another big boy. The Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, last week they played Notre Dame, did not bludgeon them, I'll keep using that word, like we thought they were going to. And by we, I mean every commentator, prognosticator, thought Notre Dame was going to get absolutely waxed in this game. And the prediction was, Notre Dame's going to lose this by 25 or 30, and they are still going to probably rattle off 10 wins in a row and be in the stupid CFP conversation somehow. <laughs> yeah. um, but they played close. Uh, they, I believe Notre Dame had a lead in the second half. I believe it was a four-point game throughout much of the third quarter. Uh, and then Ohio State finally, I think, what they ultimately went by 11. Is that right? I think so, yep. 21-10, yeah. Yep, so here's the deal. Uh, Ohio State's hosting the Arkansas State Red Wolves. Their offense is pissed off that they didn't get the fly high like they thought they were going to. They thought they were going to hang 40 or 50 on Notre Dame. They didn't. They're going to hang 65 or 70 on Arkansas State. Arkansas State is not going to score 20 points, so therefore your 44-point spread is going to be covered. Give me Ohio State to roll. And lastly, Homer pick. But what's funny is I intentionally don't pick my own team because I already have enough, like, you know, tear in the game. I, I'm already paying enough attention. Uh, and uh, call it superstitious and whatnot. Um, I actually think, though, USC beat Stanford handily this weekend. Spread is minus eight and a half for Stanford, or for USC going on the road to Stanford. Um, earlier in the week, it opened initially at 10 and a half after the Rice performance and then Stanford eh, having a so-so performance themselves. Uh, again, a lot of people down on Stanford. This is a David Shaw special, so I do want to warn everybody, nothing would be more like pleasing to David Shaw than to upset this highly touted USC team with a team that's he knows and everybody knows is not what Stanford has been over the course of the last decade. When you look at filling in the teams with the, I think it's the top 10 wins in college football the last 10 or 15 years, Stanford's something like number six or seven. Uh, even still, despite a really down last two and kind of three years. Uh, so uh, David Shaw, great coach, uh, figures out a way to ugly up a game, mess with teams that they have no business messing with. They beat Oregon last year uh, as 22-point underdogs outright. Um, it does scare me a little bit. This is David Shaw. This is early in the season. USC doesn't have a great history in September games with Stanford. I think they are 3-7 and seven in the last 10 years. Um, and the only win they have on the road in that time uh, at Stanford was literally the 10th year ago uh, when Steve Sarkeesian was the USC coach and they went on a, a strip sack at the very end. So um, mm. does give me a little bit of pause, but I think this is a game that Lincoln has circled and who wants to send a message because everybody kind of knew, you know, they were going to win by 20 against Rice or 40 or 50 and it was going to be what it was going to be. But I think he's been paying attention to this because this is the first litmus test he'll have for his team. Uh, to announce that, hey, yeah, Stanford's not going to win nine or ten games this year. Heck, they might not even win six. 
but this is a team that is something to be reckoned with to a decent extent. And I'm going to show you guys, we're going to win this game by 14 or 17. So give me USC to cover eight and a half. I like it. I like it, Liam. I like all three of those. Um, yeah, that USC number is is kind of small. I feel like they'll beat them by by 10 at least. I don't think Stanford's going to be able to keep up and score w- with the Trojans. Um, you take in Alabama, um, you know, similar to the the Oregon-Georgia game last week where, you know, I, I don't really think any less or any different of Oregon. Georgia is, is just an absolute powerhouse and Oregon just doesn't have those type of guys on their team. Alabama, they, they wax Utah State and Utah State, let's remember, they won the Mountain West last year. They have a lot of really good players. They're, they're still going to compete in the Mountain West this year and have a nice season. But you played against Alabama, man. I mean, you just you don't have those those types of humans on, on, on the field. So you just have no chance. Um, and then Ohio State, like I mentioned earlier, this is C.J. Stroud's type of game. You know, big games, not for him. Good teams, not for him. Arkansas <laughs> State is his perfect opponent. He's going to light it up. His receivers are going to be wide open by 10, 15 yards. And if you're a quarterback in college, it doesn't matter what level of college you play at, you better be able to hit those wide open wide receivers. That's like the minimum. So, um, yeah, I like that number against Arkansas State as well. All right. <laughs> Let's go to our shots. Um, my my shot here, it's not going to be a parlay, just going to be a straight up um, money line play on an underdog. Rock, Chalk, Jayhawk. No. Man. Both of us are high on, on the Jayhawks. We wanted their, their uh, we both bet their, their win total over two and a half. They are playing at West Virginia. Here I am taking a road team again. I, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but g- give me the Jayhawks to upset the Mountaineers. The Jayhawks are, are going to be better than everyone thinks. You know, Liam, you and I both love their coach, Lance Leipold. He's a culture builder. You know, he chose to go to Kansas. He could have gone to a lot of other places, a lot of a lot of better better you know, schools that are that really care about football. He wanted to go to Kansas. They had a nice nice game last week. I forget who they played. You know, some some low level team, but West Virginia coming off that devastating loss to, to Pittsburgh. That was a, that was a great atmosphere. It was electric up there in Pittsburgh. Now they're back at home playing Kansas. They probably just assume that that they're going to win this game. You know, every every Big 12 team when they look at their schedule every year, they in their mind Kansas has to be a win. And you know, they're they're probably just assuming that they're going to win, show up, roll over. Uh uh-uh. uh, Jayhawks are going to come out playing. They're going to come out hitting. They're going to be playing hard. Give me the Jayhawks. They're at plus 400 uh, to upset the Mountaineers. Yo, can I can I tag along on that? That sounds good. I, <laughs> I don't have it myself, but I remember earlier in the season thinking that because I don't think West Virginia is going to be that good this year. And actually, it, I still think that Kansas is going to spring the upset, even though I think West Virginia looked better than the, what my eyes would have thought they looked last week. They did. Uh, granted, yeah. a rivalry game. You never know if they were just playing up for that. Uh, but I love that pick. What's the plus what? Plus 400 even. Ooh, all right. Yeah, you're delivering. Yeah. Our shot picks need to be plus 300 or better. Clayton delivered last week on 490 uh, or 590? 490? What was 490. It? Yep. 90 and another 400 one coming at you. Um, I'm screwing around with my shots this year unless I feel really good about something. And I don't feel really good necessarily about anything. Actually, um, my books are being weird. Can you tell me what Arizona State outright is over Oklahoma State? Yes, I can. It'll be under 300. I'm going to say they're like plus 260, 270. They are, Arizona State is plus 330. Ooh. All right. Well, that's that's just too easy. All right. I'm going to give you that. Um, that's Lock the only one that I feel pretty good about. Uh, I, I think Herm Edwards is, um, you know, he, he plays to win the game. So <laughs> let him come out and win the Hello? game for you. Hello. <laughs> uh, man, I'm gonna, I, we need the sound engineer to dub that sound bite in there. We're going to make that happen. 
You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. Uh, secondly, um, I'm going to give you an all-name parlay. This is an all-name team. You guys ready for this? Hit I don't it. even know what the odds are. And if you're on a book and you can actively build this parlay for me, I would appreciate it if it's even listed. All right. Give me the Western Illinois Leathernecks. Yeah, that's the right. Leathernecks. The Leathernecks. Plus 35-ish, I think they are. Uh, take, them, take them by the, the spread there. And um, who, who are they playing? Minnesota. Minnesota. All right. So plus 35-ish. I just don't think Minnesota quite puts up those numbers. Uh, they probably win that game. Um, They're going to r- run know. the ball. Yeah, keep it low yeah. scoring, run the clock. Yeah. I'm seeing plus 38, Liam. I'll give you plus 38. Oh, hell yeah. Never mind. Screw Arizona State. This is going to be the pick. Uh, <laughs> all right, plus 38 for them. Uh, can you tell me what the line is in the Bowling Green Eastern Kentucky game? The reason this is on the all-name team is Eastern Kentucky. Their name, the Colonels. Let's go. Let it freaking go. Let's see. Is this even listed anywhere publicly? Not in Hong Kong? Uh, yeah, it's it's a couple places. I'm seeing, wow, pretty pretty small spread. Eastern yep. Kentucky is plus four and a half. Give me Eastern Kentucky money line, the Colonels, with Western Illinois Leathernecks plus 38 or whatever it is. What's that parlay payout? Oh my gosh. They, they don't even, let me see if I can find a money line for this game. <laughs> It's only oh, okay. four, they better offer it. Plus, plus 155 is what I'm seeing. Okay, so we got plus... Here, uh, do they have a calculator function on there for you, Farley-wise? Um, oh, I got to find it somewhere. Uh, it's all right. Here, I, I got one pulled up. So what, what do we have? Plus 155, and then the other one's going to be minus 110. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, what are we rocking here? We are... All right, there we go. 3.8 times your money, uh, plus 386. Give me the parlay of the Colonels and the Leathernecks. The Colonels at the money line, the Leathernecks plus 38. You love it. I love it. Absolutely love it. Liam hitting notes with two shots, plus 330. Arizona State going to win outright in Stillwater. And then Western Illinois covering and EKU winning outright. Let's freaking go. That's degenerate stuff right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm owed by the gods from last week for that Utah blunder. Um, they're on my shit list this year. Well, let's, uh, let's see what week two has to offer. Thanks for uh, breaking everything down. And, uh, run to the windows and get those tickets. Yes, sir. Thanks, Liam. Thanks, guys. <laughs>